You're listening to She's Got Drive podcast, the podcast that inspires women to be the driver in their own life through the life and stories of black women who drive. And I'm your host, Shirley McAlpine. I am a business consultant, an executive coach, and a leadership facilitator working with people and organizations to live their lives by design and not default. I appreciate the feedback that I'm getting about She's Got Drive and it's helping me keeping going, keeping getting some good content out there. And I love that you are getting insights, that you are applying, that you are taking action in your own life. So keep at it. It would be great as well to rate and review the show on iTunes, um, to go to iTunes and rate and review the show. Tell your friends about the show share what you're getting, share the insights that you're getting and have them like listening as well would be great. In this episode of She's Got Drive, we have Melanie B and she joined me at the WOW Apollo um, Festival. And if you remember, that's where I launched um, She's Got Drive. If you've joined later, you should go back to, it would be technically our episode two here and she had her pearls of wisdom on the stage but what we didn't get to hear was the background story to how she got to be where she was and so I'm interviewing her today she's in the guest chair and you're going to find out more about how she became a designer and how she created her own business and her pearls of wisdom through her experiences. I loved having this interview with her. I love just kind of spending time with her. So I'm sure that you will too. Over to Melanie. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of She's Got Drive. And this week in the guest chair, we have Melanie Barnett. I'm so looking forward to us hearing about how Melanie created her business and is doing some amazing things. Um, this she's such a wonderful designer. Uh, let me tell you a little bit more about Melanie, and then we'll come to to her, and she can we can start the interview. Melanie is founder and design director of Melanie B, a company specialising in handcrafted custom carpets, inspired wall coverings, and artisan tiles. Her luxe creations have enlivened premier hotels, iconic office buildings and sophisticated private spaces. She's been featured in Huffington Post and designed sponge columns in both national and international press. Melanie, thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thanks for having me, Shirley. I always want to start by asking my guests to kind of just share what they're doing, like bring their, their work to life and also to share how did they start to how did they get there what 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 had you arrive in this in this world of interior design i'm an artist okay so i studied uh fine art at sumi purchase first in new york and then i transferred to fit which is the fashion institute of technology in new york and that's where i discovered textile design which is where i found carpet design so within the program of textile design, they we're allowed to design different surfaces. And that really appealed to me because as an artist, I always wanted to create product or, you know, pieces that many people could experience versus just one piece for the wall. And so when I learned about carpet design, which actually allowed me to explore all of my loves, which is um, painting, color, and then it was a functional product. So there I, I really delved in and I did an independent study and you know I graduated 
And a first job out of college was actually designing fabric. And then after that, I got a job at a carpet manufacturer. So this is the, the thing is that I, this is where I learned about how carpets are made. So I designed, but then I also learned how they were actually produced. And they were producing overseas. And that's what intrigued me about the whole process of making product. And so from the experience of working at both a textile and a carpet manufacturer, it inspired me to create my own line, which I launched in 2009. And the premise of my business is that I travel around the world and, you know, I'm influenced by my life experience, my heritage, my family's from the Caribbean. And, you know, I do a lot of research on my African heritage. And then I incorporate that into my work. And then by traveling around the world, I always wanted to share the stories of our global community. And so I use those experiences to create one-of-a-kind pattern. And I work with artisans in Nepal, India, China, and Mexico to bring all my products to life. How do you gain those connections around the world to do your work? Um, so you say you work with artists around the world, but here you are in New York, yeah. raised in New York. How do you get that? How do you get to that? place where you're working in that way well I think first you before you even think about which country you want to work in you got to think about what product you want to make and so since I knew I was going to be in the you know carpet textile related industries you know I started to do the research as to which countries are making the product I mean it helped working with manufacturers prior I worked in the manufacturing world for like 10 years okay so I learned about, you know, which country makes this technique and which one is better for this. And so, again, I just followed suit because the, the, it's not about creating and inventing a wheel, you know, because manufacturing is manufacturing and each country has their specialty. So, I, I mean, it was just easy to just fall in suit and just go to where the specialties based on each country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And where, when you say you get your inspiration from your own cultural background and your travel, help, help me understand how that process works. You know, do, do you like see a mug and then you see a design on a mug and then it prompts it? Like, how does it work to get from a, that inspiration to uh, um, something that you're, you're designing and producing? I look at what inspires me. I look at real life experiences. So for example, say we were, I was in Trinidad and I participated in carnival. So I would document that whole event, you know, capture certain elements, whether it was the music, the costumes, the food, all of the everyday lifestyle habits that are around that particular event. And then I'll start, then I'll start to dissect elements from that experience. So, for example, in Trinidad, they're, they're the moco jumpies and stilt walk dancers. I've always been fascinated with them. So I would look and see, like, what, what are the costumes looking like? What are the positions that they're in? You know, how are they grouped together? How do they look dancing? And start to create icons from that. And then those icons start to turn into pattern. And the pattern will turn into, put it into repeat, say it's for fabric. And then I would add color and then select fibers or, or how to bring it to life, whether it's printed or embroidered. So that's pretty much how the process is. And how long does it take from the point of that inspiration to having, the say, the fabric in front of you? 
Well, the process varies, you know, it just depends. Um, you know, sometimes I'll have the idea and boom, I'll just go, I draw on the computer and then I'll just use, I use different textile design software to manipulate the patterns and change colors. Sometimes it could take a day. Sometimes it could take days. Sometimes it's just a few hours, it, you know? So I don't, I'm not one of those artists where I have like this set number of hours per process. It's really about, you know, I have a vision. Some certain visions take longer than others, mm -hmm. but I have the patience to develop it. You know, that's part of the beauty of making art is having the patience. Um, because I really like to pay attention to details and I'm really into the details because the details to me, what is, what makes the work even more beautiful. Right. Right. From the point of view doing your training and then you went to work from a manufacturer, what was it that encouraged you to take the leap and do your own thing? Well, the the thing is that I've always wanted to do my own thing. So it was never like a question. Like some people, they, you know, wake up one morning and they're like, oh, you know what? I guess, you know, I'm going to go into business. Not for me. That didn't happen that way. I've been planning this for years. So if I go back to my childhood, um, even when I was in college, one of the things my mother said was that you have to contribute to your college education. She was paying for it, but I had to come up with a thousand dollars every summer. So what did I do? Besides having my, you know, my jobs, I actually painted T-shirts and I designed T-shirts and painted jackets. So I would help to, you know, raise the money. Mm -hmm. And so that I was so and I was so I was always doing business. I was making children's clothes one summer. I painted ceramics. So it was always been there. It's just that I wasn't sure exactly what it is I wanted the business to look like. So I was mm -hmm. always selling my artwork. And so what happened in 2008 is when I decided, you know what, I'm going to really hone in and focus in and do the research. Even though I had been researching the industry for 10 years, like the different designers and mm -hmm. the players, but then I was like, nope, it's really time to go in and figure this out for what you want this to be. And so that's what I did. What was the driver that has you say now's the time? Well, what was going on is all timing because I got a contract with another rug manufacturer. I had started a rug division and it was 2008 and the economy was going down. Well, actually it started going down in 07, but you know, 2008 is when it's released and then 2009 hit and it was full on. And so I had a two year contract and my contract ended in 2000, uh, 2008, okay. December 31st. So all of two, so 2009, I didn't have a contract anymore. And I had already decided that I was going to launch because it was, it was the time I was like, you know what? I don't want to, you know, look for another gig. I'll just do freelance. And that's what I had been doing for 10 years. So it was nothing new for me to work freelance. But the problem was I couldn't find any freelance work. And it was a huge challenge because at the same time I had already, I bought a house in Brooklyn that needed to be gut renovated. And it was a very, very, very tough time. So that's what was going on. So that's what actually um, inspired me to just say, Hey, just go do it. Just right. start it. Right. Well, so that's, that's when life um, presents you with an opportunity, shall we say? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Versus that we, we stop something and we, and we shift gears that life has shifted the gear for you. And then you like say, what am I going to do now? 
and what's the best yes. thing to do and then you kick start it so now yes. starting a business in the recession or when times are tough probably isn't the best idea people will say so what what gets you <laughs> yeah right isn't it it's just like hmm that's when the economy is more buoyant is usually when people would recommend that you start a business <laughs> so what, apart from these moments of so how do you how did you gain your first piece of work and what was that you know um as in your in your business well you know it's funny i i look back now and i'm actually glad i started it in the down economy because i learned a lot about myself and you know I learned a lot, which I, I don't feel that I, I would have learned if the economy was booming. Okay. So there are always lessons with every stage, whether, you know, when the economy's up or down. Mm -hmm. And with business, you know, that's just part of the journey. You're going to have the highs and the lows. So starting at the low, it taught me that, hey, if you're already starting at the bottom, guess what? There's only one way to go, and that's <laughs> up. And so I used to, I networked like crazy and just tapped into my natural talent that didn't require money. So I always looked at the things that were, okay, knowing that money is limited, what is it that I could do that has nothing to do with money, but it's more about a time investment. Right. And so the, one of the things was my way to connect with people. And I'm in an industry where it is about who you know and how you relate to them. And I can say that for most industries, you know, right now it's all about a relationship. So I knew how to build relationships. So I, um, I went and networked like crazy. And I remember my first, it wasn't an official sale, but it was a sale. And I say it to you this way because I had donated a rug for an auction for a nonprofit organization. And it was, a, and the lady who actually bought my rug, and now this is the first time that I actually put it out to the public where they could actually pay. And I, my item was the highest sold item of that auction wow. that night. And so it said to me, I said, okay, you know, I do have something. Yes. And then after that, my first sale was a, a company in California, an interior design firm. Um, the owner liked my work, what I was doing. And, you know, he bought a, he bought a, a rug for his office. So the so the first sale is was a like a boost was was a validation for what you were doing was a way of saying yeah. there is a market for your work you are on the right track and yes. yeah that's what I can hear like the which is that was your feedback from the from the market or from outside of exactly. it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Because it actually, you know, it's like it, it boosts your ego because, you know, I had been working on this for a year plus, you know, and, you know, from making the decision, OK, I'm going to focus on carpets. It's going to be high end. I'm not going to have inventory. It's going to be made to order. OK, what should the designs be? I only had um, I started with six designs and I built it to 12 designs. That's all I had. And then I grew it to 12. And to think that someone would buy based on, you know, I had a very small collection. And so it was so exciting to learn that somebody was interested in one of my designs. Right. And that's what, you know, it, 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 didn't, it boosted my ego because, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, they believe in my work just as much as me, right. which was great. Starting the business at this at the difficult time when the markets were more challenging was you learned more about yourself than you think than if you if it was in in a boom economy. 
what was it the th- what were the things that you discovered about yourself at that time i learned how to live only off of cash number one because i didn't have credit cards i wasn't able to just go and charge anything because that wasn't available to me i learned how to really scale down and and, and live even a, a simpler life not that i was living like an extravagant life but you know i learned how to cut down on a lot whether it was going out shopping travel any of those extras, I was not participating in at all. I mean, I really honed in my skill, as I said earlier, to network mm-hmm. and, you know, really learned about, like, that's a talent to network and, you know, to have personality. I learned that, you know, I'm looking at it as, oh, it's just, it's a natural, this is, you know, this is just me. But f- people on the outside, they taught me, they're like, no. That's like a talent. They, you know, you have to develop that skill. And I had been developing it, but then really during that time, I was able to put it in action like full force. Right. Right. You know, so yeah, so I, I learned those things. When you talk about networking, it's such a critical, as you said, it's a critical skill. And um and as you said, some people uh, have a have a more natural ability, if you like, with it, and, and it's certainly something that we all need to develop. What will you say are the things that you're doing when you're networking that makes it successful? There are many people out there, quote unquote, networking and not getting any results. So yeah. they go, I'm doing it. I go to those places. I'm doing it. But what is it about what you're doing that's a, that's enabling you to produce the results that you want? Well, the thing about networking, if you're going to go somewhere, you have to have a plan of why are you there? Like really, why are you there? What's your objective? And so... I always have an objective, whether it's, hey, if I just want to go out and have fun and just have conversation, that's my objective. And then I stick with it. Or maybe it is I really want to meet, you know, let's just say one designer tonight, one new designer. And so the question is, okay, well, how do you do that? Mm -hmm. Especially when you go to an event where you don't know anybody. Well, the first thing is you go to the host who's hosting the event, thank them for the event and then let them know who you are and ask them. Hey, you know, I'm looking to meet this type of person. Do you, can you recommend or introduce me? And they're usually happy to do that. And then from there, you know, conversations will start and you'll see if there's a connection. And if there's no connection, don't take it personal. But then if there is a connection, then you're able to build off that. Right. You know, and it's not about the business first. It's really about finding out about the person you know, learning about what they do and, and leading with questions about them and not about you. Yes. Yeah. Rather than talking about yourself, find out about them. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. How would you define success then? Because we would say that you're successful in this space. You're one of a I haven't met many like you, Melanie. So <laughs> unless you really, in more ways than one, but in terms of like your work. To me, success is, it's, I mean, we all define it in our own way. And I think when you have a clear idea of what it is, then you're not going to worry about what other people are doing. And for me, it's about getting up every day. It's simple, getting up every day, having the ability and the opportunity to create something new. It's simple. So whatever that is for that day, that's success. And it's showing the gratitude that I'm able to do that. 
it's that simple. But, you know, for other people, and especially in a society where we are, where it's very capitalistic and all these other isms and istics, but I'll focus, people define their success by their bank accounts and what they're able, or things that they're able to um, collect Mm -hmm. and, or even the things that they're able to accomplish. And I'm not saying, you know, you shouldn't celebrate any of those, but I think success, it's not, it's not a thing. It's, it's not, um, it's not the money. It's more of an experience that you're creating for yourself. Yeah. What came to mind as you were speaking was that kind of, there's something unstoppable in the space and the experience of, of success, because it isn't, as you said, it isn't only when you get the, get to a place of accolades or get to get the goods whatsoever. It's sometimes it's just like, I'm, still here i'm still here yes totally still here how did that there were times i didn't think i'd still be here but i'm still here doing what i'm doing yeah yeah Yeah. i remember for me moving like so i moved to the states four and a half years ago and been working for myself now in total now for about 19 years and leaving behind Essentially, I mean, coaching and and leadership and all of that. I had a couple of clients who were willing for me to fly back, but not not so much because there are other people who would do the work in London and you know. So yeah, yeah. So to to leave behind those range of contacts and work that I had mm-hmm. to come here and to think, well, I'm 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 going to start again. Essentially, you know, mm-hmm. after having that kind of established network and to look now at how I'm four years on and I have, I'm thriving in my, in my work. And that is, mm. feels very successful to me. Is it as much as I, where I want to be? No. Is it as, you know, do I have a vision of that's bigger than this? Yes. But to, to arrive here and then create and be earning yeah. and earning a good amount and doing really well and having my network and expanding my network each, each month I get more, my network gets bigger and bigger yeah um and my work is i'm loving my work and loving who i'm working with yeah yeah it is isn't just it's the fact i can look back and go i totally i'm totally doing it you know yeah um i i i'm always curious about how our experience of growing up and how our family um influences us in our in where we are today. So I want to ask you, what is it about either the way that you were raised or your family dynamics that has helped you in, in achieving your success in your, in your work? Mm -hmm. Well, I I grew up, my mother and my, my parents were divorced since I was five. Okay. So, you know, my mother's who raised us and she had the whole financial burden, the emotional burden, of raising us and she had a partner but again these are I'm one of two girls so it was her three girls she made sure and made clear that she had to feed us and educate us that was her goal mm-hmm. and she did she did that but I watched how she made sure we were taken care of no matter what I didn't know what her struggles were as a kid because again as a child you don't see that you just know we had clothes we had food we had transportation we were able to play you know we didn't I didn't know what the struggles it wasn't until I got older 
the mother was able to share the stories. Mm. Like, what? You did? And of course, I look back and I'm like, but she never complained. My mother never complained. She just did. And she lives a very conservative life financially where she's retired and she doesn't need for nothing. Like her kids don't support her. You know, she's she's well off financially. She still works because she wants to, but that's all by choice. She travels. She has a great life, but it allowed me to take more risk in my life, too, because of that. And I saw how she her determination to do whatever it is she wanted. And her one of her goals was to receive the highest degree that this country could offer. So she has a, a doctorate from Columbia. Wow. And, you know, I watched how she studied. And, you know, even though at the time I'm like, oh, you're always studying, you're always reading books. But, <laughs> you know, but as, as, as kids, you know, we're so selfish. <laughs> but, but I see, you know, her being so focused and what she was able to accomplish and still accomplish. You know, and then I hear the stories of my grandmother, her mother, how she came to this country first. My grandmother came first and she left her kids in St. Vincent for nine for nine years of no physical contact. I mean, she sent packages. There was no email. There was none of that back then. You know, and my grandmother was a talented fashion designer and she she did hand embroideries and worked for these fashion houses and, of course, got no credit. But she bought property in Upper West Side of Manhattan. She bought land in Canada. She bought a home in Mount Vernon. She had like impeccable taste. And she was really, you know, a classy lady when it came to um, entertaining. And she cooked and she dressed really well. So I, I, but she, you know, as I know, she never complained, you know, about the life and the sacrifices that she had to make just by coming here. And so I looked. You know, and I never met my grandmother because she died when I was 11 months old. But I look at her and I see myself. I look like her, you know, and when I hear the stories, you know, I'm like, if my grandmother had to go through all this and I'm sitting here, I got nothing to complain about. Right. Like, really, I have nothing to complain about. Not even just my grandma. My grandmother started. And then my mother, the stuff that she had to deal with. I'm like, really? So. That's why I just, you know, I know, like, if there are times of, of struggle, I think about, okay, what would my mother do? She'd figure it out. What would my grandmother do? She'd figure it out. Yes. And you just keep it moving. You just figure it out. And you don't have to figure it out on your own. You have, I have a whole network of people to help me figure this thing out. Right. So. That's so inspiring. That is so inspiring. I can, I, I just kind of you can see like that isn't it amazing how you never met her but here you have this lineage of style fashion um, yes. creativity artistry as well as hard work and resilience yes in your um in your genes in yeah. your bones yeah and how that is so kind of showing up in your own life is amazing it is i mean we we are a resilient group of people you know, it's it's amazing just as a community what we have able to accomplish and how successful we have been and continue to be alongside with all the challenges that we deal with. Because when you think about us as a group, you know, again, I understand this challenge, but think about what we have come through and we continue to endure in 2017 and we are still thriving. That success. Yes, yes. I want to ask a question about 
you know, you spoke about your grandmother working in fashion houses, not being seen and acknowledged for what she, the work that she had done, that you as a, as a black woman, in very, very rare to see as a successful interior designer, or a successful designer, or a successful artist. How, what, what does that feel like for you as you move through the various spaces when you look around the room and it's, you're the only person? Or, I know. Right. No, I understand what you're asking. I mean, the thing is, being a black woman, especially a creative, I understand that there are very few of us and this, this, at this level, I should say, because mm-hmm. there are many talented, you know, yes. black women out there. Yes. There are many. So I don't want, I never feel like, oh my gosh, I'm the only one. And, you know, when it comes to looking at us as a community, because there's plenty of talent out there. That's right. So, but the difference is I feel that me being in the position that I am, because I make it very known that, you, you know, I'm a black woman. I'm proud of my heritage. I make sure my face is out there so you know who's making the work, because I know it's going to affect someone, meaning it's going to aspire the young black woman and and man who wants to do what I'm doing or is thinking about doing it. Or even if they're not thinking about being an artist, I know my life is going to inspire them in a way to think about something they want to do for themselves because they see that that's what I'm doing. And it just keeps possibility alive. And I know that's part of my responsibility of being, you know, a black woman artist. I mean, I don't, I, I'm not one to sit and say, oh, I'm just an artist. No, I'm a black woman and I'm proud of that. And I am an artist and I'm proud of that too. Right. So, and I make sure I show my face and, um, you know, make sure that I express, you know, the importance of us to be seen in the industry and that, you know, make no apology, no apologies for it. So then this is, how do we get more, this is one of my, one of my passions is how to have more black women being in those spaces, whatever the profession is, whatever the areas, whether you're an artist or whether you're a banker. Yeah. um, How do we have more being successful? As you said, there's no shortage of talent. There's no shortage of competence. There's no shortage of skill but there is a shortage of being able to break through. So what is it in terms, if you think about your world, what is it that someone who's a, a, an artist now, and she may not be that, she doesn't have to be that young, you know, she can be like yeah, whatever yeah, age you true. are and you want to have a, so what is it if she's listening, what's going to have, what, what does she need to do to break through? What are the things that she needs to be paying attention to? I think she needs one just to stop listening to those voices in, in her head telling her not to like silence that because again our days are numbered so you have to think how do you want to live the rest of your life do you want to do live it being miserable do you want to live it with oh i wonder what if all the time you know i mean the thing is you got to put it out there and just do and guess what i'm going to tell you right now you're going to fail and it's okay because it's about getting back up and starting again. Remember that success. And don't and don't beat yourself up if you don't get it right the first time. This business that I'm doing now is probably number four or five. <laughs> I've had many businesses before this. Right. But I wasn't giving up. Because I know what's more, more, I understand what's valuable to me. And what's most important to me is my freedom, my time, 
and I didn't want to give it to corporate anymore. Mm. You understand? And so I always say to myself, I'll do whatever I have to do so I don't have to go back to corporate. Right. Even if that means sitting on the corner and selling things out of my house. It's still my time and it's still I still get to control it. Right. So you have to think like what's important? What's the vision? How bad do you really want this? And I think the difference is it's all about it's all a mindset. It really is a mindset. And it's challenging for some who are like, well, but then again, I go back to my mother, my grandmother, and I think, what? If if I can't do this, look what they accomplished right. in their no, 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 no. It doesn't, it doesn't add up. I have too many. I have three or four times the amount of resources that my grandmother did. And this is not just my, you know, not talking about me, but I'm thinking about those black women out there who yes. may not be thinking, oh, I can't, the word can't, or I don't have. It's just they're starting already from the negative space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's about, okay, what can I do? Focus on what you can do. If it's just that you could afford to buy one thing, you just get the one thing and you start. So. Yeah, I want you, our internal noise, our internal, what I call the radio that plays in our head all the time, which will always be there. It, <laughs> that, that radio, the noise never goes away but your ability to turn it down it's like so it becomes like in the background as if you had some music playing in the background of your life yeah. you know but it's yeah. not it's not in the foreground anymore and it's not driving you and it's not controlling you and you can go beyond the noise and yeah. um and yeah and i love that when you speak about which is which is true we have so much more available to us today than our ancestors had um and our ability to, I think about when you say free, our ability to market ourselves on the internet, on social media, on yeah. all of those things, it's hard work. It's yes. Consistently hard and continuous work. Yeah. But most people, and not everyone, most people have a smartphone. And if you've got a smartphone, you've got access. Yeah. You're putting yourself out there, but it does take, it, it's, it's a lot of work. But you, yeah. you have the determination, the resilience to keep it going, keep it going. I think the thing is, is the other thing is when you talk about failures, people see you with your success mm-hmm. as your business. They see you with your beautiful pictures because they are beautiful. The pictures are amazing. <laughs> when you've got your beautiful on Instagram, when I when I see your stuff on Instagram or I look at your site and 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 we can give the impression, it kind of gives the impression of here it is and that's, but it doesn't tell you the whole story mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of it. And so we're not always, so what's been the hardest thing for you? What's been the hardest thing for you? I want to hear some of the, some of the things that you jumped over. I mean, I know you've talked about starting the business at probably one of the most challenging times in the economy. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been one, but anything else you think, what are the most difficult things that you've had to get over? Yeah, I mean, I started the business at a tough time, but I also, I brought in a business partner at that time too, which did not work out. And that was a tough time because, you know, I was working with someone who I used to work with. And, but when we started, when when I asked him to join the business, it became a different dynamic. And it did, we were totally not on the same page. 
And it ended in arbitration court where I had to pay him to get out. And, you know, so I had to start from start from the the beginning financially. But I always said, you can take my money, but you can't take my talent. Yes. (laughs) And, you know, so it's again, these are things that I learned in the beginning about, again, the type of business I want, whether I want a business partner or not. But I had to go through that to realize that that was not the way to do it and understand the whole dynamics of having a business partner. So that was a tough time. And then, you know, on the outside, like you say, you know, people didn't know all of that was going on. And I had to get up every morning and act like everything's okay. But it wasn't for many months. But then I said, you know what? It's okay to take a step back. And I think that's another thing I've learned in business that it's okay to like take a moment and say, and it's like check in, check in with yourself and your Mm -hmm. business. How do I feel? Do I, do I still like what I'm doing? Is this inspiring me? And if the answer is no, it's okay to change. Stop and guess what? Find someone or find help or figure out how you're going to make it different so you can continue. Because right. like right now, I'm going through that change where I felt like for the past eight years, I've been focusing on custom carpets, designing for interior designers, and it's great. But I realized I lost something along the way. I lost what I love to do, which is my art and my and the craft of making things like designing. And I said, I decided, I said, you know what? I, I can't continue the business the way I've been doing it because I'm, it's not exciting me in the same way. Right. And, and I, so I'm taking I'm taking that step back right now and I'm repositioning and rebranding my company so I could focus more on what it is that I love, which is the art. I'm taking the chance. Because, again, I don't know if it's going to work, but guess what? I'm willing to take that chance because guess what? It's going to make me happy every day. And I think that's more valuable than, you know, making sure that, oh, my God, it's going to bring in, you know, so much money. Right. Right. So the reflection, the pausing, I think I think you're right. I think you because we grow and we change as individuals. And so if you've been running a business for as long as you have, um, which is nearly 10 years doing when you launched your business mm-hmm. to expect you to be doing the same thing. You know, I mean, it has had its evolution, but we evolve and we change. So yes. what are the things that reflect who we are today versus who you were 10 years yeah. ago? Right? Yeah. 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 The move for me here in this moving to the, to America, um, was a was an opportunity for me to do that because I had to I mean I it was new you know I was I was starting yeah. again in a different way and it had me think about well what do, there's no point replicating exactly what I did before because why come all this way and do that you know so, yeah. <laughs> so um the, the yeah, so it had me have a, a similar time where I think well what do I want to do what do I want to build and I've created a vision for myself over the next kind of three to five years why I want it how I want it to look and I'm mm-hmm. taking steps towards that. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's great. Um, is there anything that you wish that you knew before that, you know, now, but you mm-hmm. wish you had known it before you started this journey? Um, I, you know, I've thought about that question 
time and time because I've been asked at many, mm-hmm. and I still come back to the answer of no. I don't. I don't want. I don't want to know anything. I'm glad I didn't know a lot of the things because I would not have been able to experience it, and it would not bring the strength that I have today because of those experiences. Mm-hmm. And I and I'm. It's it's funny. I'm in this state um, where. And I look at like I listen to people and their dreams and desires and, you know, I, I help and mentor, you know, women in business, particularly women of color who, you know, we all need guidance. And, mm-hmm. you know, I share what I could share. And, you know, but I still see the fear of not trying to do things. And I think about how, you know, if I had known what it was like to like renovate a house and start a business at the same time, no, I probably wouldn't have done it. <laughs> You know, but the, but you see, I, I'm glad I didn't know because then I wouldn't be sitting in the house where I'm able to work every day. And, you know, it brings me such solitude living in a crazy city, a busy city, you know. Mm. So I think about a lot of things that, oh, if I had known, no, I probably wouldn't have done it. And again, I, but those lessons, the life lessons wouldn't have come. Right. And so I believe the universe presents all what I need at the time. And I made the best decisions for myself at the time, yes. even though they weren't, they may have gone in a different way, but it was the best for me at that moment. And I had to learn that lesson to get to where I am now. Mm. Yeah. The, the, the lessons that lead us to the next thing. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. They yes. lead us to our next accomplishment, our next challenge, yeah. our next yeah. creation. Yes. Our next, yeah. Yeah. Because I think when we know too much, it stops our growth. It hinders our growth, I see. Yeah. And so people, as humans, when we know, we're like, no, we're not going to do that. But then when you don't know, that's when the magic happens and you see what you're able to truly accomplish. Right. That's where it is. And in order to get there, you really, it's all about, the faith and just going with it and just trusting and knowing that you'll figure it out and the confidence you're equipped with the knowledge to handle whatever challenge comes in your way. And then it's the breakthrough, getting through that, getting through that period. So then you could feel like, wow, look back, look what I just did. Yeah. 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 I, as you're describing it, I've, I've not kind of seen um, fear in this way, but I, you know, because you were saying they have fear. Most of the things that 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 stop people from taking action is their fear. You know, we talk mm-hmm. about fear of failure, fear of success. You know, yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. Um, either side, but if we could hold fear as our companion, yes. You know that yes. it, it comes with me like arm in arm. Yeah, yeah, you know, it does, it, it, yeah. It travels with me, and it has a purpose. Yeah. It serves yeah. a purpose. It helps us be cautious at times it helps us question ask the right questions maybe it helps us develop our faith um yeah Yeah. it's very true because even now there's some things that i i'm interested in doing and and i I ask myself i'm like milady are you are you nervous are you scared and i'll answer yeah and i say good it's a good thing because if you weren't then it's not big enough for you so then when I'm scared or nervous about something, that's when I know I, I need to go through this. I need to do it. Right. So I embrace that. 
And it's, it's the thing is that fear is okay. We look at it as like it's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. And actually, that's the moment when you're scared to do something, or when you're uncomfortable, that's when you got to do it. Exactly. Because it's time for you to grow. These challenges don't come just to come. It's like universe telling you, look, I'm trying to teach you something or I'm trying to get you to where you want to be. And I didn't tell you it was going to be easy now. <laughs> so, it's like, yeah. So I just, I just look at these, these, uh, I check my conscious, my emotions and am like, am I, am I going to be uncomfortable or am I nervous or scared? And if the answer is yeah, then I'm like, all right, I, I got to do it. I need to yeah. do this. Yeah. And I love that the, the reminder that if you're, if, if that's not present, then your game's not big enough for you. No. You're playing, you're playing a safe. Playing safe. You're playing that's safe. right. So everyone yes. out there, if you want to play a bigger game, what's a bigger game that you can create for yourself? And then, you know, that, if there's that, I get that feeling in my, I have two things. I have a, a, like a tightness in my chest when I mm-hmm. feel like anxious or mm-hmm. I have something in my stomach. The stomach is quite a common area where people kind of feel their anxiety. Mm-hmm. But I know that when my chest starts to get a kind of like a tightness or a tightness in breathing, I'm like, okay. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, go on, get in there, get on with it. And I just kind of coach yeah. myself usually like that yeah. to, to take the next step, to take the action mm-hmm. and, to, and to, to play. Um, that's so inspiring and I love that. And Vic, <laughs> I was watching, I went to see um Warpaint, the the Broadway musical a oh, few okay. weeks a few weeks ago. And one of the things that they say in there's a sentence in there and um, one of the characters says that fear is the prelude to courage. And I heard that and I thought, oh that is so, so true. true. there is no courage without fear so just to know that like if i'm fearful courage is right Right? that's right (laughs) yes supporting you with taking the next section let's go (laughs) i love this oprah question so i'm gonna and it's a common question that's asked but i do love it if you were going to give advice to a younger Mulaney, what would what advice would you give her A younger Mulaney. I would tell the younger Mulaney that it's okay not to um, please everybody. It's okay. You don't have to be everybody's friend and everybody's not going to like you. And that's okay. But just remember, you are unique. You have a talent and you should embrace it. As you always do. But just be mindful and that understand that there are going to be plenty of people who are going to be envious and they may not all be for the be- the be- the, um, the betterment of you. Mm. And that's okay too. Wow. Yeah. That's that people aren't always on your side. No. Mm-mm. And you just got to keep moving. You got to keep it moving. Got to keep it moving. Yep. I'm showing my age there, sorry. No, I didn't know you had some vocals there. All right now, Shirley. (laughs) (laughs) I, the 
other thing I think that the I'm holding on to that message about sometimes we don't have always have people who are on our side and sometimes that can be people who are right around in our environment who you might have thought that they were on your side I see people being stopped by not taking the action because their their family members aren't on board with them starting a new business or following their passion or think they're all crazy and and to 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 acknowledge that see it and then you sit and keep going keep on your path and keep taking the action is so important it's so important. yeah and i think the sooner you were able to recognize who is you know team you then the easier it is for you to let go and you know really cultivate the relationships that you have for those who are on your side right right yeah, invest in those relationships. Yeah. And give space to those relationships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Versus energy on those who aren't supporting mm-hmm. you. Yeah. 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 I I say to one of the phrases that how I phrase that with my clients is, is surround yourself with people who are for you. Mm-hmm. For you winning. And yeah. Yeah, step away from the naysayers. People step away. You know. That's right. Yeah. What's what I, I want to know what's next then for you in your vision? Mm-hmm. Where are you going next? What's the next iteration? What's the next, right? What's the next uh, steps or yeah, for my lady B? I'm actually in the process, as I mentioned earlier, I've taken a pause and I'm rebranding and repositioning Melanie B. And Melanie B is going to be focusing um, on being a textile artist and be a textile studio. And we're focusing on custom patterns, but these patterns could be applied to different surfaces, whether it's a carpet, wall, tile, or fabric. And it's all about the art and how the art could be brought to life through these products. In addition, the goal, and has always been, for those who know me well, is to have a home slash studio in the Caribbean. So over the next few years, I'll be island hopping, trying to figure out where I'm going to plant some roots. And, uh, yeah, and I'm actually in the process of building a studio in my home and so I can have more space to do my art. Oh, I love that. Well, I'm, you know, when you've got your home in the Caribbean, I'll be there. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. You're welcome. Inviting myself. That's right. You're welcome. To your yard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I, and uh, I'm curious about when you, when you talk about, you know, the, the designing a textile designer then who then designers by your design by your textiles how does that work so where does that yeah well it would be um they would what they would do is they would be interested in a pattern for a particular surface Mm -hmm. so let's say it is a, a for the floor so but they want it to be custom so i'm developing the art it's inspired by you know whatever it is they want it could be a color it could be cultural whatever and I'm developing all of that for them. Mm-hmm. And then I will be manufacturing it as well. So, it, but again, the reason why they're coming to me is because they want something unique. They want it to be special. And it's an art piece that they're trying to incorporate into their interior space. Right. If anyone um, 
is interested in being in contact with you, you know, yeah. getting hold of you, how would they do that? How would they? Because your site is beautiful. Are you saying you're doing your site? But you have yeah, redoing it. Already. So stay tuned. <laughs> well, they could they could go to my website, which is melaneyb.com, m a l e n e b.com. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, which is melaneyblifestyle. And, you know, you send me an email and I'll be happy to talk with you about your next project. Yay. It's, you got such beautiful work. I really love your work. It was stunning for me when I just, when I discovered you and I was like, oh, 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 oh my God, so beautiful, so beautiful. So thank you. you. I really appreciate the time that you're spending with me today and, and just sharing your experiences and your work and your wisdom. Oh, thanks for having me. I hope that you've been inspired to shift gears in your own life and have really taken something from the interview with Melanie. I am struck by the conversation around fear and how fear is the key thing, as we know, that can get in our way of of really going for it in our own life. My insight in that interview is to have fear be my companion as it as it travels with me and it ha- it serves a purpose as of course it does it has this question it has this inquiry it has this be mindful of the actions that we're taking but when fear gets becomes a stop when it gets in our way you know the, then we're not going to achieve what we want in life so time to go for it to look at that anything else that you got from the interview i'd love to hear from you you can get in contact with me uh, through my Instagram account which is Shirley McAlpine Consulting there's always the She's Got Drive Facebook page that you can leave comments on as well you can find me on Twitter at Shirley McAlpine please subscribe to um, She's Got Drive if you haven't already leave a review on iTunes to let let us know uh, what you think about the show and tell your friends tell your friends about it you know get it out there um let them you know find out what's happening with these amazing women too if you head over to shirleymccalpine.com you can get two things there there's a free download of my ebook on how to be a woman with drive and there's also the pdf for pi performance image and exposure that goes along with episode seven I'm getting lots of a number of women saying to me this is eye-opening it's career changing and it is once you discover that so if you haven't listened to episode seven please like you really want to listen to that um, episode thank you again until next time go well and stay well <laughs>